All right, welcome everyone to today's podcast. We're talking about getting re-motivated to lose weight, right? So we're at the end of January and it's a new month about to start. And if you're like a lot of people, you're probably fizzling out, okay? If you're not fizzling out, great, okay? But if you are, that's fine too. Um, it's another opportunity. Listen, anytime a new week starts, a new month starts, obviously a new year starts, it's a great opportunity to kind of refocus, reflect on what worked, what didn't, and get re-motivated again to, to move forward. Um, this is not a, a race. It's not just a one chance we get at it. Um, we just have to keep coming back. You've got to be persistent. You've got to be resilient when you want to lose weight. Um, really, when you want to make any change in your life, you've got to be consistent with it. And so the fact that you set this big goal in January and you didn't stick with it is fine because the way we want to look at it is how January go. If you had two great weeks, one okay week, and then you went right back to you know doing nothing for the last week or two, fine. You still had a month where you were better overall. God forbid right? we look at things at an average level. So again, I just want to say that off the beginning. So how do we get re-motivated? Well, it's always the same thing. And again, motivation is a skill you have got to develop and sharpen because all your weight loss depends on it. So how do we get motivated? It always comes from pain and pleasure, how we utilize pain and pleasure. So again, we'll step into the pain for just a second. But for you, what are the big pains that you're looking to avoid by changing your weight? Why are you doing this? To a, what, what pains are you looking to avoid by changing your weight? They might be health. They might be you want to look better. You want to get in a relationship. You want to feel better. What is it for you, though? Everyone's got different things. So for you, what's your big why? What's your big reason for you, you doing this that's pain-based? What pain do you want to avoid in your life that you're currently experiencing or that you're anticipating if you don't create this change? Get crystal clear on it. We want to be able to use pain um, very, very strategically. So be crystal clear on what the big pain for you is. Again, for me, I don't want to die 54 like my dad did. Okay, so that's a big, big, big pain that I stay focused on to keep myself motivated even when I get discouraged, distracted, or off track a little bit. Um, so that's the pain piece. Now, that part you're probably pretty good at. The part you're probably not very good at is the pleasure piece, and that's the flip side of it. And at the end of the day, this is the most important piece of it for me. Um, because we can't live our lives in pain. We can't live our lives trying to avoid pain. Our brains are pleasure-seeking mechanisms. So we need to make this a process that's really about experiencing a lot more pleasure in our lives. And so for this part here, you probably have not really thought this out. You just assume you want to lose weight. You know you want to look better. You want to wear clothes. You want to be healthier. But it's all kind of vague. And so to really utilize pleasure... You need to get crystal clear with it. You need to step into that pleasure. You need to connect to it so that you feel that pleasure. Once you start feeling it, now it becomes real. Again, just to, just to prove my point, um, the reason weight loss is hard is because food already has this set up. We can't anticipate the pleasure of the food we're going to eat. And then if we think, if I'm not going to have it, we experience the pain of it. And it's all very visceral. And so it drives a lot of our behavior. But when we specifically, strategically get ourselves weight-wise to feel pain if we don't lose the weight and pleasure if we do lose the weight, we set ourselves up a lot better for success. So what pleasures do you anticipate? And it's not enough just to say them or vaguely think about them. We need to really step into them. What would be the pleasure of getting and living at your goal weight? And I'll tell you a secret to tap into the deeper pleasures. You need to go beyond what you're going to look like. <laughs> Wanting to look better is fine, but it's not enough motivation for almost everyone. So we need to find deeper reasons why you want to make this happen. Maybe you'll feel more confident. Maybe you'll have more energy. Maybe your knees will feel better and you can play with your grandchildren. Um, again, everyone's got different motivations, but for you, 
if you got to your goal weight and were able to live at your goal weight as that version of you, what would be the best pleasure that you would anticipate from that reality? Okay, so again, this takes a little bit of thought. This is the type of thing you might wanna journal. You wanna go for a walk and really reflect on this. You don't have these answers, I can almost guarantee it. If you did, you'd be get it, you'd be on track. So if, you, if you've been on track, maybe you already got these, but if you've been struggling, I guarantee you, you do not have a, creel, a crystal clear connection to what the pleasure is going to be living at your goal weight. It's just some vague idea and it's not motivating you. So the more energy and time you spend on really getting clear on what the pleasure is going to be living at your goal weight, um, that's going to make everything better for you. Okay. So again, I'm kind of laying that out for you. I'm not going to take you through it now, but spend some time and really, really consider what the pleasure is going to be and step into that pleasure. Okay. One way to do this again, if you're not yet, go to program yourself then and get the hypnosis session I give you. It's completely free. It's called the new thin me. And it's literally designed for this. It's designed to put you into that reality so that you can connect to the pleasure of being at your goal weight. This is what the main motivation that we want to rely on because this is a pulling motivation. It's almost like we're magnetizing our goals. So we're, we're pulled towards it as opposed to always trying to force ourselves to do the right thing. We want to do the right things when we're really connected to the pleasure we're going to get. So again, realize that regardless of where you're at after January here at the end of it, um, reflect on what worked, rec reflect on what didn't work, and then make a new strategy moving forward so you can do even better in February. That's the path to success. Doesn't have to be a streak from January 1st to perfection till now. Mistakes are allowed as long as we learn and grow from them. Okay, so I hope this helps you out and I wish you a great day. If anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. We will uh, cover those. Let's see here. What's up, Karen? How's it going? <laughs> I need you today. Yeah, tough day. Craving sweets. All right. What's up, Marcy? Um, I always binge when faced with academic stress. Yeah, 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 sure. It's so frustrating and so difficult to eliminate. Um, yeah, okay. Let's talk about that because this will help everyone, right? Because pretty much everyone, if you're struggling with weight, you're struggling with emotional eating to some degree. I don't care. You know, that's always the thing because we're conditioned the society to use food as our main emotional management strategy. So stress, happiness, sadness, whatever emotion intensely you feel, there's probably food going to be involved with it, <laughs> you know? So the stress of academics triggers the, the, the food, the binging, the overeating. And so what we want to do here is you don't want to focus on not binging, okay? We, we don't want to focus on stopping ourselves from binging when we get emotional, what we want to do is we want to diagnose it more granularly. And so you're already far down the path. So good job with that. You already know that it's academic stress is triggering this specific binge. Because we all got different binges, folks. There's always, there's a different emotional eating. Don't just say, oh, I'm an emotional eater. That's too vague. It means nothing. Start to notice your specific emotional eating patterns. And you will notice that sometimes you get overwhelmed and stressed and that triggers it. Sometimes you get sad and that triggers it. Sometimes you get really happy and you want to reward yourself and that triggers it. So there's always different things and you need to understand those first in order to go to the next step. So you already know it's academic stress. But if you look at this and you say, okay, I get stressed, I get academic stress, I'm studying for school and I get stressed out and I binge. And now your mind says, okay, I got to stop binging when I get stressed. Horrible. We don't want to do that, right? Because now the best case scenario is that you're stressed out, but you're not eating. 
It's a little better, but not much. So the real solution here is not to stop binging. The real solution is to find a better way to relax that doesn't involve food, okay? Because now you're not eating, and more importantly, now you're calm and relaxed so you can do better at school. Does that make sense? I hope it does, because this is what solution-oriented thinking is all about. We can't look at the binging and say, I got to stop binging because it's there for a positive reason. You're binging because that's helping you reduce the stress, but it's helping you reduce the stress with distraction. So you're feeling, you're, you're thinking about school, academic stuff, you're getting stressed, you're eating so that it takes your mind off of the stress, and then you finish eating, guess what? The stress is right there, and you're no better off. You got no strategies to deal with the stress. So what you need to figure out is how can I, when I start to feel this academic stress, how can I bring myself back to a resourceful, empowered state so that I can get my academics done the way that I want them to be done. Now notice that solution I just articulated had nothing to do with food. Do you see? So this is very important. I hope you guys are seeing what I'm saying here because it's an absolute game changer. Because if you're just focusing on not binging, you're just dealing with the symptom and not the actual problem, okay? So get more specific and start asking the question, how can I relax in a more empowered way? How can I relax myself? What, what's a strategy I can rely on to relax myself? There might be a couple of them that I can use to relax when I start to feel academic stress. It could be things like, I might, I might meditate and do five minutes of yoga before I do my schoolwork. I may listen to lo-fi while, while I'm doing my schoolwork. I may take breaks every 15 minutes just to kind of stand up, stretch, and kind of break my state, um, just to kind of decompress a little bit. So there's a lot of solutions for you. And as you start putting your smart brain towards the solutions, you're gonna find that you move a lot further down the path here, right? Because just stopping the binge is not the solution. It's just dealing with one of the symptoms from it, okay? So I hope that helps you out. Um, Laura says, how can I stop binge drinking to lose weight? Well, okay, there's another one. Um, again, if you're binge drinking, to be honest, I mean, losing weight's probably the least of your problems. I mean, I'm just guessing here. I don't know all the specifics of your situation, but if you're binge drinking, there's, again, there's probably some emotions you don't know how to deal with and you're using the alcohol to do it. And so until you figure out and again, I don't know what the emotions are. You might be really sad and you're drinking to forget that. You may be stressed out. You may be unhappy. Well, I don't know. But whatever emotions are triggering the behavior in the first place, we want to recognize them and then start articulating what's a better solution. You see? So how can I stop binge drinking to lose weight is probably a way lower level, shittier goal than how can I stop binge drinking to run away from my feelings I, I, again, I don't know why you're binge drinking, but, but that's what I'd want to find out. And once I had that answer, I bet just fixing that would even be more motivating than even the weight loss piece. And that would be nice too. So I'm not saying that's not motivating, exciting, but I bet the reason that you're binge drinking, if you could fix that, I bet that would be even better for you than the weight loss. And then the weight loss just be a, a huge bonus on top of that. But we got to get deeper into it, okay? I promise you that just wanting to lose weight is not going to be enough for you to stop binge drinking. It wasn't for me. I was a binge drinker. And um, I couldn't just stop. I couldn't just, I couldn't have stopped binge drinking to lose weight. I could for a little while, but I wouldn't have maintained. And so the same thing that resolved my binge drinking resolved my weight issue. And the core part of that, the very core of it for me, was dealing with the emotions inside of me. My dad died when I was nine. I never dealt with any of that. Uh, greatest mom in the world, but her strategy was kind of like more to distract us. I don't want you to feel sad. Let's do do think. Let's keep doing stuff to not think about it. Great, but when I never dealt with it, and so then I got older and I started using alcohol to not deal with it, and I started using food to not deal with it, and I started using crazy behavior to just not to think about it. 
And so finally, you know, I started doing some yoga, some meditation. I quiet down. I said, okay, how can I deal with these roiling emotions in here? And once I got a handle on that, you know, then it became the binge drinking, you know, I got a handle on that. And then the eating, I got a handle on that. Okay. So it's looking deeper, I think is what you want to do. Um, Lorena, when people have discipline problem, do you recommend to absolutely cut cheat meals for some time? Um, I don't, I don't, because I think people have discipline problems because they got ridiculous strategies. You know what I mean? Like, I always say this, people, I, I always hear that people go like, oh, I got a consistency problem. Well, do you have a consistency problem or do you have a, a plan problem? Because if you're trying to do keto, let's say, for example, and you're trying to like 100% no carbs starting tomorrow for the next year, like that's so overwhelming for for the average person. And so is that a consistency problem or is that an overwhelming, that's a shitty plan. You, you know what I mean? And so I think a lot of people confuse the two. And so I have found more often than not that people don't have discipline problems, they have strategy problems. And so I will tell you in Program Yourself Thin, which is about weight mastery, not weight loss. Um, it's about weight mastery. And, and in, in that program, I always recommend a 5-2 model of eating. Five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. And I know you're, I can hear you, right? So this is why I'll eat everything. Well, that's because you don't know how to eat for pleasure, right? You're always doing this all or nothing thing and you never focus on eating for pleasure. Isn't it ironic? One of the most important things you can do to master your weight is to learn how to eat for pleasure, right? Because your subconscious idea of eating for pleasure is to eat everything. That's not the best, that's not the most pleasure you can get out of food. The most pleasure you can get out of food is to eat it, enjoy it, eat it moderately, and then eventually eat it at your goal weight while you're in control. You can't, you can't convince me that that's not the highest pleasure you can get out of food as a human in 2024, you know? So um, yeah, cheat meals, I don't love that word. Um, I like pleasure meals and I like to aim straight at it. Do you not eat for pleasure? And most people can't because their idea of eating for pleasure is to eat everything. And so they're, they're either completely restricting themselves or they're going to eat. Again, this is literally got a name for it. It's called the what the hell effect. Um, and, and scientifically, it's called the counter-regulatory effect. That the more strict you are with yourself, that when you go off that plan a little bit, the more, the more you go off it. Okay. So with, with programming yourself, then it, the, the, a core philosophy is flexibility and how you're eating. Um, the more rigid your diet is, the more disciplined and strict you are with yourself, the more you can expect that you'll do it for a little bit of time and you won't stick with it. Thanks, Marcy. Um, so yeah, I'm a big believer in the 5-2 model. Now the 5-2 model is a philosophy. I started off with 1-6, one, one day of clean eating, six days of pleasure eating. But I worked it up to a nice balance for me is 5-2. Um, but again, I don't think that... The idea of like absolutely cut sheet meals is such a crock of shit that I, I, I think there's never been... And I'm not picking on you, Lorena. I'm, I'm just, I'm stating this idea. This idea that you're ever... you. If you think you're you're going to cut out cheat meals for the rest of your life or for some time even, then what's even the point? You know, again, I don't even understand the point of cutting cheat meals out. Um, I hate that word because it just implies bad stuff, right? No one's proud to be a cheater. It's not languaging I would use, which is why I use pleasure days, you know. But um, yeah, it, it, I, I would also tell you this, that there's no faster way to get me to eat sugar and a lot of carbs than by saying I can never eat them again. So again, I'm not going to go into this now, but the 5-2 model is very, very strategic. And there's a lot of neuroscience in it based around our dopamine, which drives most of our behavior. And so by having those two days, and today's Monday, so I'm starting my clean days. And so having those two days that I, I know are in five days, it keeps me sane. If I was starting Monday and I was like, I just had this forever time period, and forever can feel like weeks, folks. 
If I, if I, if I was like, okay, February, I'm not going to eat any carbs, any sugar. Oh my God. I'd be eating carbs and sugar by, by lunch. You know, that, that's the fastest way to trigger me. And I think most people are like this because you feel deprived. The second you say, okay, none of that, you feel deprived with it. So that's my thoughts on that. I can stay consistent, but, oh, I'm going to read that. Let me back to that. Um, I can stay consistent, but the draining feeling from the lack of food, do you have any advice to avoid? Yeah, you, you can't stay consistent. <laughs> you you can't stay consistent. Like, you know what I mean? If you can stay consistent for a couple days, that's not consistent. And then you say, well, I can't stay consistent for months. Yeah, because it's a fucking horrible plan you don't want to follow. You don't want to not eat sugar for months. You don't want to not eat carbs for months. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, like it's not a you problem. It's a shitty plan. Keto is the dumbest. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I don't mean to be insulting to keto people. I'm not saying you won't lose weight following a keto plan either. I'm saying you won't stay on your keto plan long term. That's what I'm saying. And that's well borne out by the data. So again, this is the difference between weight loss and weight mastery. You know, weight loss is about just getting to your goal weight and weight mastery is about living at your goal weight. And so I don't know what your goal is, but my goal is to live at my goal weight. I don't see, I don't know what the big excitement about getting to a goal weight one day and then not being able to maintain it. That, I, that is the most depressing thing to me ever, you know? Jamie says, I think the term cheat meals is too broad and part of the problem. I had probably three to 500 calories of chocolate Saturday and that to me was a big cheat. I think for others, 2000 is a cheat day meal. I agree, Jamie, a thousand percent. I totally agree with that. I mean, th and that's another piece of the puzzle for people is that as a dieter, you're always just taking people's ideas and concepts. You're never thinking for yourself. I, I'm, I mean this. You're, you, you can't come up with your own plan because you're always given this strict ass plan that there's no wiggle room. You've got to come up with your own plan, what works for you. You know, because it's exactly like you said, everything's relative. And so, you know, yeah, my, my, my pleasure days, I'm not eating like, uh, I'm not eating thousands and thousands of extra calories, you know, like, because that wouldn't be the most pleasure to me. The most pleasure for me is, again, when I'm eating foods I like. So what do I eat? I mean, I went overboard yesterday with the carbs. Like I ate, we, we made these uh, cinnamon rolls. Right now, now instantly we make them so they're better than Cinnabons because they're a quarter the size practically. But I ate two of them, you know. And then it's like, you know, I, I ate like a pizza and a half. But, but I made the pizza, so again, it's not a, it's not a big pizza, but it's my own pizza. I made that and I ate that. So it's like, now I eat a lot of fruit during the day and I eat other healthy things. But again, everyone's idea of of excessive calories is always different. You, you really can't base your shit on other people. You got to figure out what works for you, you know. But um, yeah, I, I can stay consistent, but the, Victoria, you got to change that. You can't stay consistent because you're asking me, how do you deal with that draining feeling from the lack of food? That's what you're asking. I can stay consistent for the first couple of days because I can fight off the draining feeling of lack of food. But how, Jim, how do I deal with the, the consistent feel of, of being completely drained because I'm not eating enough? Well, I, what, what can I tell you? <laughs> There's no answer to that. The answer is to eat more food, to eat the right amount of food. Listen, weight loss is not about eating less food. It's about eating less calories. Does that make sense? You've got to make a distinction between food and calories because you can eat a ton of food and feel fuller than you've ever... You could feel fuller than you feel now and lose weight. It all comes down to calorie density. See, because you're thinking like you're not making distinctions between like whole processed and whole foods. And whole natural foods pretty much across the board, fruits, vegetables, greens, beans, these foods across the board are a lot less calorie dense. Meaning if you have, if you understand calorie density, which is the whole game of weight loss, really. Um, but, you know, if you take a, a cookie this big is 100 calories, 100 calories of salad is this big. 
right? So it's taking up a lot more volume for those 100 calories. You get a lot more bang for your buck. In addition, you get a lot more nutrients. And so if you're eating processed foods and trying to lose weight, I mean, good luck. Good luck. I, I think that's, that's an uphill battle. I, I don't think I could win. You know, so again, it's about changing the way you think about food and realizing that processed food literally isn't even food. Literally. It's literally not food. It's food stuff. It seems like food, but it's not food. And and it's causing, it's it's making it, I'm not going to say impossible, but but it's very, very difficult to master your weight eating a processed food diet. You know, so Victoria, there's no way, I have no tricks. I mean, what, what can I do? Could I override your nervous system? You know what I mean? Could I rewire your brain so that you're a different, not a human? When you have a lack of food in your body and you're, you're at low levels, you're always going to feel drained and shitty. That's not the path of mastering your weight. You've got to manage your hunger so that you feel satisfied. You've got to feel satisfied. If you're trying to feel hungry and fight that feeling all day, forget about it. Um, Lorena, is it healthy to lose two to three kilograms a week if you are 30 kilograms overweight? Um, I mean, I'm less concerned about what's healthy or not, and I'm more focused on the long-term nature of it. Um, two to three kilograms a week is a tremendous amount of weight to lose. And so in order to lose that much weight, you would have to do something pretty drastic. And so I don't understand the point of doing drastic things because the more drastic thing you do, the less likely it's going to last long. And so I don't understand. Again, I always use this example. The most extreme example is probably water fasting. And so that's probably the fastest way to lose weight. But it's also the shortest lasting one. So what the fuck is the point? I don't understand the point of losing two to three kilograms a week for a month and then putting it back on the next month. It's, it's this mindset that's keeping you. That's a fucking it's a hamster wheel you're running. Oh, I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. What, for a couple weeks? Now, I know you don't think that because you think, oh, I'm going to lose the weight and then I'll just magically figure it out. No, you won't. Because to lose two to three kilograms, and Lorena, I'd love to know, what is your plan to lose two to three kilograms a week? Let me know what that plan is and I'll let you know if it's healthy. Um, Karen says, okay, going to have cottage cheese with the ratio of vanilla instead. There you go, Karen. See? That makes so much sense. Thank you. You're welcome. You're right. Yeah, to relax. Yeah, exactly. Is one kilogram a week sustainable weight loss? Um, now, again, I, I'm not being a jerk when I say this. I, I don't know what's sustainable for you because everyone's different, you know? But I would say you just don't know. I, I don't know. Because, again, what's sustainable? It just depends. What's sustainable for me won't be sustainable for someone else. So I don't know. But um, I think you're asking the right question that if you build around sustainability, you will be very happy with yourself. <laughs> you will be in a much better place because... The diet industry is always conditioning us to focus on short-term weight loss. And it is that is a trap. The more you keep focusing on short-term weight loss, and I know it's exciting to you, but it's not working. Because I know all of you here have been trying to lose weight for decades, and it's not working. And it's because you're never developing the skills you need to master your weight. You're just going into things all, you're just half-assed, winging it. And it's like you do these crazy things for a, a week or two. Think about how long are you doing keto for? On average, I know there's a couple times you got up into a couple months, but I'm talking about like on average, you're probably making it a couple days, you know? So, so again, what's sustainable, but that's what you want to orient around. I remember when I was 19 is when I started my process for myself. And I remember thinking, I want to be able to master my weight till I'm 150. I want to be able to, I want this to be easy and comfortable. So I'm not going to do anything that is really overwhelming me. I will do things in a strategic, logical way and keep developing my skill. And so I would only commit and do things that I was going to be able to do long term. So I, I, I think, Angela, I think you're, you're right. Don't worry so much about the weight loss a week and focus more on the sustainable weight loss piece and start making, improving things 
um, and, and the weight loss comes again. That's Monday again. I know. I like the Fridays better. <laughs> I like Mondays too. I like Mondays too. Um, you're so knowledgeable and motivating. It's enriching listening to you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you saying that. Um, thank you very much. You're welcome, Lorena. Um, that sounds like BS. <laughs> I don't know what you're referring to, but I'd love to know, Jesse. Um, I now do Friday night and Saturday night for pleasure. That's awesome, Don. I now do Friday night and Saturday night for pleasure. Yep, I just read that. You wrote that a couple times. Um, usually I do... Usually I do Sunday evening now for pleasure. Yeah, great. Again, you figure out what works for you. You, you know what I mean? Like Again, there, there's no right or wrong to it. I, I mean, for me, I do probably the typical typical thing, which is like the weekend. You know, I work kind of a, a typical schedule. And so I like having the weekends for that, you know, but um, it, it doesn't matter. It's relative. Again, it's up to you. The core rule of goal of program yourself in the golden rule is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you, which by the way, if any of you are new here, um, well, you should follow me, but, um, other, if you're really serious, go to my bio, click the link and get the hypnosis session. I give you watch the training. I give you read the emails I send you. It's all free. Okay. And, and there's a whole nother way to approach this. It's a lot better than the diet mentality. Okay. So I promise you, um, ocean breeze. Yeah. Who wants a birthday without getting to eat a piece of cake? Right. Exactly. And who wants to go to like your niece's party and like you're the if you feel like a goofball like everyone's eating cake and pizza and you got to sit there oh i'm a keto and you got your whatever stuff it's just again i'm not i i it's like the keto thing right it's like i think all these diets have aspects to them that make a lot of sense like so when it comes to the keto thing it's like yeah if you're if you live in america the number one source of calories for american adults guess what it is baked goods Okay. So yeah, if you live in America and your diet is going to be to completely cut out carbs, yeah, you're going to lose weight because you're probably eating a lot of refined carbs, like a lot of flour, a lot of baked goods, um, breads, things like that. And so that part makes a lot of sense, right? I manage my carbs, right? So Monday through Friday, I'm eating very little. No, no, I want to be clear. I'm managing my flour primarily, right? I'm, I'm eating fruit and vegetables as much as I want, as much fruit and vegetables as I want, Okay. I say this, Jesus Christ, when you, when you start, when you start thinking like, I'm going to lose weight in your diet, you're worried to eat fruits and vegetables. I think you got to reflect really do. But anyways, <laughs> um, so I, I am actively Monday through Friday reducing flour. You know what I mean? I don't want to spike my blood sugar. I don't want to have a lot of carbs, you know, refined carbs. And so I like that part of keto, but the idea that you got to be in ketosis like, what the fuck? How desperate can you get? I mean, it's not, there's no society that lives in ketosis. You know, again, I, I say this every day, but it's like other than maybe, you know, a couple Eskimo populations a couple times during the year, you know, when there's nothing to eat but whales. But, um, you know, ketosis is a diet they made for epileptics. It's not a diet to live on in the modern world. It's just not a long-term diet. I, I, I Let's argue about it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Jesus Christ, can you lose weight quickly? I guess. Even that's up for debate. What are you losing? Water weight, muscle weight? Who knows? But it doesn't matter because you can't stick with it long-term. You don't want to stick with it long-term is the bigger piece. I don't understand the idea of doing a plan that you hate doing. I don't understand that. I really don't get it. <laughs> what are your thoughts on intermittent fasting or time-restricting feeding concerning weight loss? Um, I think it's it makes a lot of sense, and I think it's very natural to take breaks, you know, big breaks from eating. I think that's very natural to how your body has evolved over millions of years. And I think it, it feels great. I started doing this 30 years ago. There wasn't intermittent fasting then. So it just kind of naturally occurred because I want to stop eating. I used to snack at night. That was my worst habit. So I focused on that. 
And um, I call it nighttime fasting because I don't want to get into the specifics of intermittent fasting because intermittent fasting now is, of course, it's the same bullshit as all the other diets. You got to do it this way. You got to do, if you don't do 16 hours, what's the point? You know, I'll tell you what the point is, because if you compress your eating window, you'll probably eat less food. But what's happening is people are going from eating 16 hours a day to now they're going to try and eat eight hours a day. And what do I see happening most of the time is they overwhelm themselves. They try and change everything too quick. And guess what intermittent fasting helps them do? It helps them become bingers because they don't eat until noon and now they're fucking starving and now they're binging on trash. And, and so their hungers run amok. Uh, more often than not, when someone who's an intermittent faster comes into my program to work with me, um, they end up eating breakfast <laughs> because it's like you don't have to skip... Do you know what I mean? Like, like again, these diets, it's like you're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. Now, I'm not saying you need to eat breakfast because it's, it's relative. I'll give you an example of this. There's a thing called the weight registry study. And it's a study, I think, of over 40,000 people at this point of people that had lost weight and kept it off for at least two years. Okay? Which is what Program Yourself is all built on. People that have lost weight and kept it off. I model success. I study success. And what do I mean by success? People that live at their goal weight for the rest of their lives on near autopilot. You're studying fast weight loss. Okay. So um, if you study the weight registry study, they even ask like breakfast, right? So about about 30% of them don't, don't eat breakfast, which means about 70% do. So again, there, there's best practices in the sense like for the majority of people, this seems to work best. But there's always people that, that they thrive doing the opposite. So this is why I say there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you, okay? But um, on the other hand, if you've tried keto 50 times and it hasn't worked, I don't think it's going to work the 51st time. And, you, and that's okay because <laughs> there's a lot of ways to lose weight, you know? So yeah, I think time restricting, I think is okay, but I think people jump into it way too fast and they go from 16-hour eating window to eight-hour eating window. It's very extreme. And so again, I, I would suggest starting with the evening, that's the most bang for your buck anyways, because the, the bigger you make the window between when you stop eating and then when you go to sleep, the bigger benefit. Because the, the, the less you're eating before bed, usually the better your sleep's going to be, okay? Usually. Is it healthy or unhealthy to go from 61 kilograms to 50 kilograms when you're 15? Um, I really can't offer, I, I don't know enough about working with, with minors and younger people. Their bodies are different. So you'd have to ask your doctor. Um, I eat a ton of food and still lose weight every month. Yeah, exactly, Don. <laughs> right? Mama Belly just joined. What do I do to lose weight? What you do to lose weight is you have to get change your mindset. You've, you've got to change your mindset. Your all mindset's messed up. It's just, I'm making it simple for you. Um, and you think like a dieter and you need to think like a thin, healthy person. Unfortunately, that's hard to find. You got me. I'm helping you out with that. But it's it's rare, right? Everyone's telling you what to do with the diets. Everyone's telling you, do this, do this. You got to do this. You got to eat this way. You got to do this. You got to do this. And it's like no one's showing you how to get yourself to do it. And so you keep going from diet to diet to diet or the same diet you keep cycling through. But nothing ever changes. My favorite quote of all time lately has been that uh, it's Einstein, right? The, the, the level of thinking that created the problem can't solve the problem. You need to upgrade your thinking. And so again, I, I, I can't go everything a little thing of that, but go to my bio and click the link Get the hypnosis session, but watch the training. I did a whole training on this. It's about a half hour, three steps to master your weight. And I go through the whole thing. It's free. It's all free, folks. Okay, but I'd watch that if you're really serious. Lorena, usually when I eat normal, okay, calorie on 18, 1900, but then I lose two to three kilograms a week without a drastic thing. 
just walking more and 18900 calories well there you go Lorena. see it's like you i think in what you just what you're saying is what rings true for me is i think i think you all have a lot of wisdom within you i think with program yourself then it's so much about kind of connecting to your your intuitions your own wisdom um honoring yourself building around who you are as a person if you've been struggling to lose weight for 30 years the, the good news is you have got so much experience and wisdom and you ain't fucking using any of it with the diets. <laughs> with Program Yourself Thin, people get in the program and it's like, they're you know, listen, they're motivated people and they've all tried lots of things to lose weight. So it's like they've got all this experience that they have never utilized. Listen, we learn one of two ways. We either learn what to do or we learn what not to do. And so with a lot of dieting, you've learned a lot of both. Right, even Lorena, you'll get you think about what you just said. When I eat normal, then I lose two to three kilograms a week without a drastic thing. That sounds good to me. <laughs> that sounds great. That's the goal. I'm telling you this. Like I sit here in front of you, I lost fifty over fifty pounds, but I've kept it off for thirty years. I had one blip twelve years ago. Do you hear what I'm saying? I kept it off for thirty years. I have never dieted, and I don't even work out. I start, I'm doing some resistance stuff now for different reasons, but I haven't worked out consistently for 30 years. I mastered how I eat and I mastered my lifestyle. And so the point I'm trying to make is this. Here I sit in front of you. I look, I want to live and eat this way for the rest of my life. I, I, I love how I eat. I love this strategy for me. Now, would this strategy work for you? I don't know. You got to figure out what works for you. But when you get to a place where you're like, ah, I love eating this way. I love looking forward to when I, I eat. I do everything I want to do. I don't feel any deprivation. I don't give up any foods. You don't have to give up any foods. You have to change how you eat them, but you do not have to give up any foods. And I would strongly suggest you never give up your favorite foods. I would suggest you build around your favorite foods. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. It makes me so crazy because weight loss is, it's just, it's not as hard as you think. Like it's really not, it, it's not. It's, um, it's a mind game. You know, and you've been so conditioned by the diet industry to think like a schmo. It's not your fault. Like, you know, your brain's been turning mashed potatoes when it comes. And you know this, because I know if you're still listening to me, you're an overthinker, you're a smart, successful person, professionally or personally, I know this. And you you are in your head 24 hours a day trying to figure out what the fuck. How, how can I be smart over here and successful over here, but I can't figure my weight out. I don't understand. And it's because you've had, a, you've had mashed potatoes piped into your brain when it comes to diet, how weight loss thinking. The diet industry has, has done you dirty. It's done all of us dirty. I was able to get out of it by a freak of luck, freak luck of nature. I was able to escape the diet brain. And now I dedicate my whole life to changing other people's with it. That's how impactful it was for me. Um, but just to prove the point, you know, all the diets you're referencing don't want you to lose weight. All the big diets that you're referencing for how to lose weight are all owned by big food companies. Did you know that? Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Um, Atkins Food Products is owned by the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. The company owns Slim Fast, owned by the same company that owns Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream. These companies don't want you to lose weight. They want to get you coming and going. And worse, they want to get you when you're in a diet mindset and fill your brain full of rocks so you can't think straight. And what do you do? You diet for a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and then you go right back to eating what you always eat. The diets are a way for them to condition you to keep eating bullshit foods. That's what I believe. And so when you learn to think like a thin, healthy person, it becomes very obvious what to do and it becomes easier. 
I ask this every day, and if you have an answer, please write it in. Where are you learning how to think like a thin, healthy person in your life? Let's just say all of a sudden you wake up and you say, you know what? Yes, mindset is extremely important in mastering my weight. I need to learn how to think like a thin, healthy person. Where, where do you go? How do you learn that? Let me know. I know people say me. Where else though? Where in the, in, in the, in the world like, like that you know, big name, big program, where would you learn how to think like a thin, healthy person? And I want you to reflect on the fact that you don't have an answer for that. That's crazy, right? Because you are a smart person. And you've been trying to figure this out for decades. They've, they've tricked us into not realizing how important the mindset piece is. They always tell you what to do and never show you how to get to do it. That's every diet. And that's why you're stuck. But great job, Lorena, realizing that. How do I fight sugar cravings? Um, how do I fight sugar cravings and become overall more disciplined? Um... The discipline is with the habits. The discipline is not saying no to sugar, right? So, so that's a big mistake people make is people think that they need to have a lot of willpower and discipline to say no to sugar. But what the problem is, is that the, your mindset is cranking up the cravings for sugar. I'll give you an example of how this works. Um, subconsciously, you've been programmed to think about food in a way that cranks up the cravings. So there's three food eating behaviors, the phases. There's anticipation, consumption, consequence. Every food ad you've seen, and you've seen tens of millions of food ads in your life, they all focus you on the anticipation and consumption of food, okay? So when you think about sugar, first of all, you're not thinking about sugar. You're thinking about a cookie or ice cream. You're thinking about the way it's packaged. And so you're thinking very specifically. And when you think about that sugar delivery mechanism, you're thinking about the anticipation of getting it, which you actually have more wiring for, you know, you have more wiring for the anticipation of pleasure than the actual pleasure of itself. Um, so when you think about the sugar, and again, you don't think about sugar, you think about the cookie, the ice cream, the whatever, you think about getting it and you think about eating it and that's it. And when you think about those two things, it cranks up the cravings for it. And now you need lots of willpower and discipline to fight against that. A mindset approach is to say, okay, yeah, ice cream, it tastes good now, but five minutes after I'm done, how will I feel? That's the consequence. You're never focused on the consequence. You've never seen an ad where they finally got the food that they were after and now the wrapper's empty or they're sitting on the sofa or they're looking for more food. Right? We never focus on the consequence. So as you start to focus on the consequence and when all of a sudden you, you think, oh, I want, I've got sugar cravings. You don't have sugar cravings. You have food cravings with sugar in it. Please understand that because our brain works very contextually. You're never saying, I need sugar. You're thinking, I need the cookie, I need the ice cream, I need the whatever the food is. And um, when you think about that food, when, the, when you're feeling the cravings at their highest, you're focusing on getting the food and eating the food. And so one way to break that trance to go into a different mindset is to ask the question, how am I going to feel five minutes after I finish those cookies? Five and, and how am I going to feel physically, but primarily mentally and emotionally. How do you feel if you want to lose weight? How do you feel after you eat the cookies, after you eat the ice cream, five minutes? How do you feel? Are you positive? Are you in your head saying, all right, good job, nice job, we're on our way. Or are you really negative to yourself? Emotionally, how do you feel? Do you feel motivated and excited and happy you did it? Or do you feel frustrated, depressed, anxious, stressed out, sad? So again, we got the truth on our side. So as you start focusing more on con the consequence, how am I going to feel five minutes after I'm done? There you go. And then you won't need as much discipline because the, that, that causes the cravings to go down a bit. 
Um, Kula Karma, I'm getting your emails and I love how the first thing why you're overweight was being Greek, <laughs> right? It's very true. It's very true. It's the genes. It's the culture. It's, it's all of it. That stuff, all of it makes a difference. And yeah, cause I get people, especially a lot of like Italian people as well in Jewish people, like especially these cultures, I'm not saying like all the cultures don't have this to some degree, but these cultures, especially like everything's food, <laughs> like everything. And, um, yeah, it's, it's conditioning. You know what I mean? Like that's the mental programming. That's the mindset that you have to deal with. I will tell you, the hardest part for me was not losing the weight. The hardest part for me was maintaining it. And the maintenance piece, the hardest part of that was, do I want to identify as someone who food is not the main thing in their life? Because for me, my father, who he died when I was nine, he was 54, Greatest guy, greatest guy I've ever known. I, I, he was such an awesome person. And part of his identity though, was that he was an eater. He loved food, hardworking guy, funny, awesome, awesome guy. And he also loved food. And so he knew like every Greek restaurant on the East coast. He knew everyone there. Like it was crazy. So it was always food. We were always celebrating the food, 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 good food, you know, like, like it was good. But, um, that way of being led to an early death for him, I believe. And so the hardest part of really maintaining this weight was the day I said, that's not going to be my identity, but it was hard to do because I felt like I was giving up a piece of him. So this is the stuff, this is the subtle stuff that's really dictating your weight, you know? But yeah, being Greek is another part of it too, you know? So, um, there we go. Damn it. Um, what do you eat? What? Oh yeah. Um, but by the way, yeah, she, she reminds me of something that get that, get my emails folks. Again, if you're not, if, if you're not in my world, click the, the link in my bio or go to program yourselfthin.com and get the free hypnosis session I give you. Cause I, I give you a free hypnosis session, a free training. And I send you emails every day and it's all like, like, like legit stuff. The emails used to be part of a program I charged for. It's all like coaching emails to help you out. <laughs> it's all free, you know, cause you need consistency. You know, and so if, if I can get in your life a little bit, again, maybe you can't stand me and just, just unsubscribe. That's easy, but it, it could be a real changing point for you. Cause I, again, I, I am to be that one person that's going to teach you how to think like a thin, healthy person. But in order to do that, I got to have some access to you. All right. So anyways, go, go check that out. Um, what do you eat? I eat natural whole foods. Um, what's that mean? Uh, breakfast Monday through Friday, I'll eat Ezekiel bread, um, low sodium Ezekiel bread, natural peanut butter, apple, peanut butter, Lunch, I'll have a big salad. Um, dinner, it depends on what the night is, but it'll be something natural. It might be, I don't know, farro, um, quinoa, brown rice, vegetables, some protein, something like that. I sent that to my sisters and we laughed because we're Greek and we're all overweight. Yeah, it's part of the culture. That's why I'm, I'm and that's another, that was another thought thing is I remember I'd lost the weight for a, a number of years at this point. And I remember driving around. I still remember this like it was yesterday, but I was driving around and I was like, I had the thought, well, yeah, what am I gonna do when I get older and put the weight back on? And I was like, wait, wait, what was that thought? I caught it, right? And I was like, why'd you think that? And then I was like, that would, didn't take much to figure out because I looked around. Everyone around me growing up was all overweight, you know, the vast, vast majority of them. It was just part of the culture. And so, yeah, it starts to become a belief, you know what I mean? That, that oh, I get older and I gain weight. And so there's just so many beliefs in your head, folks. It's the beliefs in your head that are dictating your weight more than the, the diet plan, you know, it, it, or your willpower. It's how you think about subtle little things that's more impactful than the big, big stuff you're focusing on. 
And again, I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions, almost 6,000 at this point. I, I promise you, I've got a very unique skill set. So yeah, nothing to eat but whales. It's true though. They literally just live off of all the whales and there's no, there's no carbs there. How do you stop to eat when you're bored? That's an easier one. And it's so obvious that no one thinks about it. But um, if, if you're a boredom eater, the easiest way to fix that is to start becoming a more interesting person by doing more interesting things. Again, I don't say this in a snarky way, but it's like if you if food is your main source of entertainment, that's probably an indication that, that life's kind of boring. And so I know somewhere in there you want to do some hobby, something you're interested in. And I promise you, if you start doing those hobbies, things that are genuinely interesting, you are going to be a different person a month from now because you're going to finally start doing things that nourish your soul. The, the food, in an emotional eating way, the food is not nourishing your soul. When you're bored and you eat a bunch of bullshit, that's not nourishing your soul. When you're bored and you go for a walk or you practice your drawing or you practice a musical instrument or you go learn a dance you've been working on, whatever is interesting to you, that nourishes your soul. You feel like a better version of you, okay? And so not only did you not eat, who gives a shit about that piece compared to now you feel alive inside. You feel that little that little something. Do you see what I mean? That's the bigger thing. So again, the easiest way to stop eating when you're bored is to find things that are interesting to you. And again, I can't answer that for you. I don't know you, but for me, it's playing guitar. I would draw, I'd play basketball. I'd go for a walk. I'd play with my dog, play with my kid. Um, th th and then there's a million other things I would do. You know what I mean? But but again, I want real, real things. I'm starting to realize more and more, I'm reading this book, Ultra Processed People, but I'm really realizing, we, boy, the greatest conspiracy in the history of the world is how we're eating. You know, And it's like we're doing things, the food's not genuinely satisfying our emotional needs. We know this, but we don't know how to do it, you know? So you got to snap out of the, the food trance that you're in because life's way better without using food to... Because food ain't making you... not. The food distracts you from the boredom for a little bit. It's not making you interesting, interested, curious, fascinated. Um, Don, yep, I close my kitchen after dinner and eat when hungry next day, which is usually around 12 one. No. Now, again, Don does that. I, I eat at six, seven, I eat at 7, 8 in the morning. I'm hungry in the morning. I like to eat, you know? So again, there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. And if you start building around you, you're going to get better results, which by the way, there's two benefits to that. A, you get a customized plan when you do that, but B, and which is way more important, is you start to actually trust yourself. You've got a lot of negative stuff going on in your head when it comes to weight. And one of the biggest things of all is that you don't trust yourself, but it's because you keep following these stupid fucking diet plans that are miserable. You, know, you, you don't trust yourself because you can't stay on, in ketosis and you blame yourself instead of blaming a plan where you don't eat carbs, which is a weird thing to do if you're a human being. Yeah, can we agree on that? It's a weird thing to do to, to live life without eating any carbs. Yeah. <laughs> so so maybe it's not you that feels weird when you're not eating carbs or doing something extreme. Maybe it's that it's a weird thing to do, period, and that you should find another way to do it. You know. Um, question, with the scale, would you recommend using it every day or not use it at all? Um, that's a good question, Shanna. And um, my feeling on this, again, I preface it by saying there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. Um, if you're going to use the scale, which I liked when I was losing weight, I used the scale every day. So I always say, if you're going to use the scale... I suggest using it every day because I can't think of any crueler thing to do to yourself than to weigh yourself once a week. Because if you weigh yourself every day, what you will notice is there are fluctuations in your weight. 
For me, the biggest one could be about five pounds, but on average, two to three pounds a day I could fluctuate. And so if you weigh yourself once a week, what if you get yourself on a downswing? You eat well and exercise all week and then you catch yourself on an upswing and now you're four pounds heavier. I, I can't imagine anything crueler to do to yourself if you're gonna use the scale than to do it once a week, you know? So I like using it every, every day while I'm losing weight. I think it keeps it fresh in my mind, but most importantly, it helps me recognize the cause and effect of things and how my body works. I learn so much about myself by weighing myself every day. The biggest of which was that I know now that if I start eating well or I start eating like shit, it usually takes about two weeks for that to show up on the scale in a consistent way. Knowing that is so important because if I start eating better and the weight doesn't go down, I'm not expecting it to for two weeks. And if I'm doing well and all of a sudden I eat a little shitty and the scale doesn't move, it's, oh, maybe my body can just eat whatever I want now. I avoid that too. Okay, so again, I'm a big believer in weighing myself every day, you know, or not at all. And that's fine too, okay? But, but me, my preference is I like using the scale and I like using it every day. So again, use it or don't use it, that's up to you. But if you're gonna use it, I don't see the, you'd have to explain the benefit of using it once a week to me over using it every day, you know? And I know people say, well, the emotions, because and again, you're probably at the mercy of the scale because you don't know how to deal with your thought patterns or your emotions. And so the, the scale's in control and you have no influence over how you feel when you step on the scale. But of course you can influence how you feel on the scale. You can make the scale your tool. You know, you can make the scale feel like you're not emotionally invested in the speedometer of your car, right? You're not scared to look at the speedometer when you're driving, right? Because if you're going too slow, you know how to speed up. If you're going too fast, you know how to slow down. The, the reason that you're so upset with the scale is because at the end of the day, the, the truth is you don't know how to lose weight. You know what you should do, but you don't know how to actually get yourself to do it. That's where all the anxiety comes from, folks. <laughs> right? It's not that you don't know what to do. You have a vague sense, I got to stop doing this, I got to do that. But the problem is you don't know how to get yourself to consistently eat and live in a way that actually maintains and keeps it up. And that's where all your anxiety and stress is coming from. And no one's answering that for you. That's what I was saying earlier. No one, where are you going to learn how to think like a thin, healthy person? No one's teaching that as far as I can tell. I'm one of the few and I'm sure there are some others, but I'm definitely one of the few. Um, and so that's where the anxiety comes from, not the scale. The scale just reveals it. Um, John, what's up, John? Strange as hell to be on my pleasure day this weekend. Back to structure today. John, that's exciting, and I cannot wait to talk about that because that is a big breakthrough for you. John was an all-or-nothing keto guy and so in intermittent fasting. And so it was all-or-nothing. And the idea of having a day where you took a break and then getting right back on track didn't exist in his head. But I believe that's one of the most important things. Again, that's why we do the 5-2 model. Five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. A, there's a ton of benefits of being able to look forward to a, a pleasure day or days where you get to eat what you want. It, it makes the whole process a lot more doable and comfortable. But the most important thing of all of that strategy is not the 5-2, it's the 2-5. It's going off track for two days and then getting back on track because the number one skill of weight mastery is the ability to get back on track quickly your worst skill. <laughs> and so we need to practice getting back on track every every week. And so if you get good at getting back on track quickly, that is a huge step forward to mastering your weight. Because how are you at getting back on track? You're terrible. And it's because you're all or nothing. And so you, you, you go a couple months of doing nothing, then you get real upset, then you do everything perfect. And then you step off the track and you get, now you're down here. And to go from here to here is, takes a ton of energy and motivation. You're only able to tap into that a couple times a year. You know, and so people in program yourself, then every week we're practicing getting back on track. 
It's not the crime, it's the cover-up. And when it comes to weight loss, it's not the binge, it's what you do afterwards, okay? So you need to get good at getting back on track and you suck at it right now. <laughs> and part of it is because you don't practice it and another part is because your mindset doesn't doesn't allow for that. Great job, John. Um, Lorena, I've, I've been dealing with overweight almost 11 years. Yeah, okay. So it's time to do something different, folks. If you've been struggling with your weight for over five years, you, you got to do something different. And the different thing is to focus on weight mastery, not weight loss. Your impatience to lose weight is the main thing that's fucking you up, okay? And the way to get out of this is to realize, I don't want to lose weight. I don't want to lose weight again because you've lost weight and put it back on. So now subconsciously, when you think about weight loss, it means I'm going to lose it and then put it back on. So it means weight loss equals failure. So you need to reframe the whole thing and start calling it weight mastery so that you get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot. That's weight mastery. And the irony is that weight mastery is easier than weight loss because weight loss, you have to do everything perfect starting tomorrow and it's overwhelming. It's tiring. It's difficult. It's depriving. And weight mastery, we get 1% better each and every day. So the next year at this time, you're not 365% better. You're exponentially better. And you did it in a way that was easy, comfortable, and strategic and set you up for a forever success, you know? Um, yeah, John, exactly. I wasn't completely free range. Exactly. That's what I mean. When you're all or nothing, you're all or nothing. And so when you're nothing, you're fucking off the charts. You're off the rails with eating. This is what I'm trying to say. You don't know how to eat for pleasure. You don't know how to eat for pleasure. What's eating for pleasure mean? It means you eat the food and you enjoy the hell out of it, but you don't eat all of it. Because when you eat all the food, you don't feel good. You think you do, <clears throat> but you don't. The, the consequence of eating, overeating a bunch of like rich, high calorie foods, high sugar, it's not, you don't feel good. And if physically you don't feel good most of the time, but mentally and emotionally, you never feel good about yourself after you overeat a bunch of food. So let's skip that. Let's stop pretending like that's what real pleasure is. It's not, it's not. It's bullshit you've been fed by the food industry. Um, problem is that when I do pleasure evening, then I lose control and it goes one to three days. Um, yeah, I get that, Lorena, but you haven't been focusing on this strategically. You're you're in a you're in a strict mindset, and then you say, okay, well tonight I'll have some pleasure meals, and then you're blowing yourself off course. And and B, you got no strategy to get back on track. You have no structured way of thinking about how to eat. So in program yourself, then we go through the weight mastery pyramid, and to imply the importance of each piece, there's mindset, lifestyle, eating. Mindset's the most important. Lifestyle's the second most important. And then eating's up at top. And so we need to have a mindset and a lifestyle piece to support the eating piece. And so when it comes to pleasure days, you can't just have a pleasure day just popped into the eating piece. You need to have the mindset that supports it. And so the mindset that supports it, we, we go through structured eating and understanding... All of your eating is done on autopilot anyways. But when it comes to dieting, it's all or nothing thing. And you're starting that diet and you think okay, this is going to be perfect. You approach your diet like it's a sprint and you think of it as, okay, it's this short-term race where I need to run it perfectly in order to get to the goal. And if you run a sprint, if you trip a little bit, you lost the race. The only thing that wins a sprint is perfection. And that's how you're approaching your diets and your weight loss. And you can't be perfect for that long. No one can. And so as soon as you make a little mistake, subconsciously it just blows you off the drain. Oh, what's the point now? You know, so again, we can talk about eating strategies, which is what the 5-2 is, but it needs to have the mindset and the lifestyle piece as a foundation to it or it's not going to last, okay? So, Lorena, don't understand that, that just because you did a pleasure evening, then you can't get yourself back on track. It's because you don't have the, the mindset and the lifestyle things supporting it. I just want to make that clear. But I'm glad you got some good ideas. Good. Um, 
Naomi says, so true. Thank you. Can you tell us an example of what you eat in a day? Um, yeah, I, I just shared that. So I think you heard that. You're my inspiration. Good. That's what I want to do. So I'm glad. I'm learning from you, Jim. Good, Marcy. You're always learning. That's why you're going to master this, Marcy. Um, learning from you only. <laughs> you're the best. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Learning about manifesting and affirmations also. Yeah, super. Now, I will tell you this about manifesting and affirmations, law of attraction type stuff. I love all that stuff. I think that's a part of the puzzle, but it's not the only part of the puzzle. Okay. I always make this point. You could visualize and law of attraction yourself that you perfect piano player every single day, 10 hours a day. I sit you in front of that keyboard. You're not gonna do anything. Okay. So understand we need both. We need that big picture connecting to the goal, stepping into it, experiencing it. But we also need the hard skills that allow that to manifest as well. Okay. So we need both of those. Um, yeah. Uh, after three weeks eating healthy, I treated myself to a favorite treat. It didn't taste as good before. Wow. Yeah, that you'll find that too. That's another little piece I don't talk about too much. But your eating and your your taste buds, everything's relative. Um, the, the foods you're addicted to, they're not the most delicious things in the world. They seem the most delicious to you, okay? But um, again, everything's relative. So if you clean up your eating, if you clean up your eating for five days, then you will find when you go back to those old foods that you couldn't control yourself with, a lot of times they don't taste nearly as good. Again, clean eating is the secret, I believe, to mastering weight. When I say clean eating, I mean whole natural foods. Uh, you know, the, the more of those you can get into your body, the easier time you're going to have. All right. Great job, Erica, though. I'm proud of you for doing that. That's good. Um, I'm realizing that I'd rather not be obese and unhealthy than to eat the unhealthy food. That's great, Rocket Girl. And that's like, I know sometimes we got, sometimes like the simplest distinctions we make are the most powerful ones. You know, um, yeah, yeah. You realize it's garbage. It is garbage. Thank God for Jim today. Oh, well, I made a huge sale while listening. That's awesome, Marcy. Oh, see, it, it changed so quick. You know, that's why folks, if you're not following me, if you're not on my email list, get on it. Because what I'm trying to say is you can't think you, you literally, I've asked this question a number of times now, please tell me anyone that you can learn how to think like a thin, healthy person from, and I haven't not literally, I haven't got one answer yet other than me. Thank you. I appreciate that. But, um, that's my point is, is that in your reality, in the world you live in, you are never getting positive, supportive, encouraging messages driving you towards health. We live in an environment, they call it obesogenic environment, that is constantly conditioning us and triggering us to choose the unhealthy foods and to think it's the best thing in the world. So if you can hear me cutting through the bullshit, even if it's just one little video, one little email, I'm trying to cut through the bullshit and snap you out of it. And what you realize is it's not... This whole process becomes easier when you can shift your, your mindset because you got the truth on your side. Your body was designed and built to eat whole, nourishing, healthy foods. That's what your body wants. But we've gone into an environment where we're conditioned to think it doesn't want that. It wants all the bullshit. And it's not true. Okay. And so I like to serve as this, you know, for you, a um, source of, of positive conditioning and reinforcement for positive, healthy behaviors and actions. Um, knew me look great. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, going to walk, huge change to boredom. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I had a tuna sandwich and cottage cheese, no store today. Nice job. I draw pictures. Art takes hours. The problem, red wine while doing it. Okay, Numi. Well, I'll share with you my strategy that I, I just made a video on this. And I used this years ago to stop drinking so much. Um, and I just used it with coffee recently. I call it my micro sipping strategy. And so you drink just as frequently. So you can have a glass of wine while you're drawing. But every time you take a sip, it's just a... 
just a little sip on the tongue. And I actually use this with wine this weekend. It, it works with beer, works with wine, works with coffee. So you're not changing the frequency. You're not saying I can't drink wine, which is a big, oh, then you feel deprived. You're still drinking wine and you're still drinking it just as frequently. But what you're doing is each sip, you're cutting down 60, 70, 80%. And so you're keeping a lot of the anchors. You're keeping the wine glass. You're keeping the, the wine itself. You're still drinking it, but you're taking way smaller sips. So test it out. It, it's it's worked my coffee. I, I literally 80% off the coffee with anything else. John, 28 straight days of walking yesterday. Got some new Hoka shoes to celebrate my walker success. Good for you, John. I love those things. You have to let me know how those are. Those are the they're kind of the big thing and they're, they're curved, right? So they kind of help you walk a little bit. Yeah, let me know how those feel. I was kind of checking those out. Um, Don says, so true has to be your plan for your needs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to build around you. I eat better and less on vacation because I'm not bored. Yep, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like like the emotional eating, don't try, don't stop emotional eating. Figure out what emotions you're eating for and find better ways to achieve those. Um, <laughs> you've never been on a cruise. That's funny. Um, and says, I no longer crave the junk I used to eat. Now it tastes weird to me. Yeah, absolutely. This is a normal thing, folks. This food isn't even food anymore. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm getting ready to do some trainings on um, this ultra processed people, which is a great book. Um, but I look back and I was so fortunate. Literally 30 years ago when I started doing yoga, you know, there was a lot about eating natural, healthy foods. I I really give a lot of credit to eating natural foods to one of the primary things that's allowed me to get control over my weight because the processed food. Again, you got to understand that this is a whole industry designed to get you to overeat. You know, you know, they say like, oh, I bet you can't eat just one. Like, don't take them up on that bet. It's like betting the casino that you can beat them. You know, it's too much. So, yeah, the more natural food, the better. And then when you try the junk food again, you realize this tastes like shit. That's been my overriding experience. And it gets easier and easier to do that because they use worse and worse ingredients. You know, it's not even food. It, it tastes like food. You know what it is? You know, it's like you ever watch some like futuristic movies where like you eat your food. It's just like a pill. You know what I mean? That you take. That's basically where we're at, but there's there's visual components to it. But it's not food. As much as like that that pill would be food, these foods are not food. They're not what you're thinking they are. It's crazy. I can't wait to go over all this stuff with you because I think the more you know that, the better. Me too. I can't handle sugar or excessive carbs anymore. That's great. To have that sensitivity is so wonderful. Um, what's up, Sue? Hello. Enjoy your emails. Yeah, I'm glad. Again, folks, get Garrett. If you haven't yet, go opt in. It's free. Those emails are really good, I think, <laughs> you know. Um, thank you, great tip with the wine, thank you. You're welcome, test that out, because it's it's like, it's such a good one. I'm such a big fan of that strategy. Um, I have Hoka's love and more support. Yeah, there's more support too, right? They look like it, I mean, the, they give you like, make you two inches taller too, right? I mean, they seem like they're, they're really, am I crazy with that, right? They're, they're like a big ass uh, heel, right? Or a soul, whatever you call it. Thank you, I'm learning a lot from you. You're welcome, Sue. I appreciate you reading this stuff. Um, how can I opt in for the emails? Yeah, you can opt in. Um, if you're on TikTok, you click on that little picture me up on the top left. And then I think that might bring you to the bio. How can I not do this? <laughs> um, you can click on that. And I think it brings you to my bio. But if you go to my bio, there's a link right in the bio. You click on that, answer like five questions. I give you a hypnosis session, a training, and then I send you emails every day. It's all free. Okay. My goal in hell, in, um, my, my goal and mission in life is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. So, um, I give you a bunch of free stuff. Yes, I have a coaching program too that you can invest in, um, but but I will help you for free as well. Okay, so um, yeah, all you got to do is just opt in for that that session, and uh, you, you'll be good to go. And I got free trainings coming out, so so you definitely get in there. 
Um, Angela says, is one kilogram a week sustainable weight loss? Again, I, I don't know. Like even that, um, I think you're in a better, I don't know. Cause some weeks she'll lose one kilogram. Some weeks she'll lose half a kilogram. Some weeks she won't lose any. So I just think the more you can focus on the process instead of the outcome, the easier time you'll have. Right. So if we get so fixated on the weight loss, weight loss is extremely inconsistent, and unpredictable in the short term. So it's like, if you're going to base all your motivation on that, you're going to have a real hard time because you're always going to have, um, you're always going to have weeks and times when you don't lose weight, even though you've been doing everything great. And then if all you focus on the weight, then that can make a correction in your brain. Well, even when I do everything right, I don't lose weight. And that's not true. It may be true in the short term. It's not true in the long term. Your weight is going to change. If you reduce your average calorie consumption over a year, guess what? You're going to weigh less. Okay. So it's not rocket science and it's not a mystery. Our brain makes it into a mystery and it makes it into magic when we just look at week to week, day to day. Okay. So again, one kilogram a week, um, is a sustainable weight loss? Maybe, maybe again, it depends on you. depends on what you're doing. depends on your body. There's just so many factors. So again, the, the main thing I'd focus on is sustainable weight loss and turn that into a question. How can I create sustainable weight loss strategies, um, that I can follow forever? And I think that's going to bring you to a much better place. Um, yeah, they're really good. They are good. They're good emails. Thank you. Um, what would your best advice to be be to not focus on the scale if you have a bad relationship with the scale? Um, again, it's not, you know what I mean? Like, like it's, I, I guess that's my big piece of advice is that it's not the scale. The scale is just, it's revealing, the real problem with the scale is that it reveals that you don't know how to lose weight. You know, like, and again, it's not that you don't know what to do. You have a good sense of what to do. You have no idea how to get yourself to do it. I get people like that always saying like, well, I know what to do, Jim. I just got to get myself to do it. Well, no, if you don't know how to get yourself to do it, then you don't know how to do it. You know, that's the thing you got to learn. That's, that's the mindset piece. Um, so a bad relationship with the scale is really like a mindset thing, you know, cause you're giving it all this power, but the scale's just reflecting how you're behaving. And again, it just reveals that you don't know how to change your behaviors, you know? And so I think that um, that's the mindset piece I'd give you. But if you if you really have a trouble with the scale, then, then get rid of the scale, you know? I guess that that's that. Um, or weigh yourself every day and just, I guess, almost like exposure therapy, you know? And say nice things to yourself when you step on the scale. Remind yourself that you're getting better and better at controlling your behaviors and influencing your behaviors so the scale's going to show what you want it to show eventually. So, so I don't know if that helps, but again, it's hard to give like, you know, like, like one thing because so much of this mindset. So again, I would suggest go watch the training because it'd be a much more foundational information that I think will help you as well. Um, are you Greek? I am Greek. Yes. Katsoulis. Um, your coffee tip is how I've been able to enjoy chocolate while still losing weight. Yeah, that's great, Erica. Yeah. That coffee tip's gold. I'm telling you, people will just be like, ah, it's stupid, but I'm telling you, it's, it's magical. The coffee thing, like I've been on the coffee thing for, and I've been doing... I do in like what people do. I do the all or nothing thing to some degree where I was like, I got to get rid of it. I got to get rid of it. And I know how to do that pretty well now, but then I'll start drinking it again. And so now this has been the first time where it's like, I've just really, really reduced it. I don't mind drinking coffee. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I think how much coffee I was drinking was the problem. And so I have fixed that. It's weird. And it's like, I test it out. Like even on the weekend, I'm like, I don't give a shit. I can drink as much coffee as I want, but I'm like, I just drink it slowly and I just feel better. Which is another piece too, just one quick thing. You know, if you eat, you know, I say it's like, okay, what's the, con how do you feel after you've finished eating the ice cream, the cookies, whatever? I, was like, oh, I feel I feel great, I feel fine. Well, you don't, but you've habituated to it, 
right? Just like you create a, like a drug addict has tolerance to what they're doing. They don't realize how shitty they feel. You most likely if you're eating kind of shitty and you're been struggling with weight for a long time, you don't even realize how shitty you feel. Like, like you really don't. I know you think you do, but it's like sometimes cleaning up your eating for a couple of days and then eating that way. You're like, oh my God. And that's what's happened with the coffee. Like you could have asked me two weeks ago. I'm like, oh, I feel fine. And um, now that I cut it way down for a couple of weeks, I feel a lot better. I got more energy. I'm more clear headed. I, I feel better. And so I like feeling that way. And so now there's no pressure. I don't have to give it up. I don't have to think like, oh, what am I going to do on the weekend? What am I going to do when it's a cold, snowy day and I can't drink coffee? I don't have any of that. I can drink coffee as much as I always have, but I'm drinking 80% less of it. And that to me is like, Mwah. it's like the ultimate solution I hadn't even considered, which sounds crazy because I sit on here every day talking about all or, all or something thinking. Um, but with the coffee, I couldn't figure out how to do that. Even to the point that at one point I had done, I got control of the coffee and I would drink it on the weekend. Then I would take two days off and then I would drink it one day and I would take two days off, right? And I was doing that for a while, but then that just morphed into every day. So anyways, this is what I'm trying to say. The weight mastery path, the, the personal development mastery path is one of trying different things. This kind of works, but just keeping at it. It's the consistency that's going to get you the results you imagine you're going to get in your mind. There's no intense, there's no way in the world you're going to get the results you're imagining in your mind in that short period you keep thinking in. Unless you're like five, 10 pounds away from your goal weight, it's just not going to happen. I'm not saying that to be negative. I'm saying it to be accurate. Your expectations are bonkers because you've been conditioned by the diet industry for so long. And those expectations are screwing you up. You know, um, The coffee tip is just to, to take sips. Almost, I don't drink scotch, but it's the way I imagine people drink scotch. It's just taking sips of coffee, really small sips. Um, it gets the job done and you drink 80% less coffee. Um, thank you. Always good to hear your tips. You're welcome. You're welcome. Glad you're enjoying them. From which Greek island is your family from? Um, now I forget. I get this all confused. Um, uh, oh, Crete. They're from Crete. So, yeah. All right, everyone. I'm going to get out of here. I got some things I got to get done. But, uh, yeah, I got a bunch of videos coming up. So make sure you follow me on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you're listening to this. Do it. Um, and make sure you go get in my world, okay? Get the hypnosis session. Watch the training. Read the emails. Uh, the training's a half hour. The hypnosis session is 10 minutes, okay? Um, it'll help you. There's a better way to master your weight than dieting. I promise you. I promise you. <laughs> and you can get that all for free at programyourselfthin.com or by clicking the links in my bios. Um, podcast is Program Yourself Thin. It is on all the podcast platforms. So go check it out and listen to it. And um, yeah, I appreciate you all. Uh, I appreciate you too. Thank you so much. I'm glad you guys are enjoying this. Um, best of luck. Have a great week and we'll talk soon. Bye.